Owen Marbury was part owner of an IT service business. Now he's locking horns with his ex-partner Devin and fighting for his reputation and his freedom. But when Michaela Stanford, his former college bestie and crush, walks back into his life, he's reminded of the fire that still burns between them. As their 20-year college reunion approaches, they have a chance to rekindle their friendship and explore love once again. But Owen's battle with Devin is getting in the way of pursuing things with Michaela. With Devin breathing down their necks and threatening their lives, Owen must decide whether to give in or fight for his heart's desire. This is the premise of Secret Second Chances, a friends to lovers second chance romance available on Amazon on March 5th. Pick up your copy today. This is the Nerdy Romantics Podcast, and I'm your host, Y.M. Nelson. On this episode, I am going to attempt, let's say that loosely, attempt to read my first published short story, 24 Hours of Freedom, which is part of the Owen and Michaela Trilogy, Volumes 1 through 3, which is available on my website at ymnelson.com backslash subscribe. So I've been thinking about this for a little while and why in the world I decided to do this, I am not sure, but we will see how this is going to turn out. As much as I would love to have my vocals backgrounded by um, the music on the playlist of this, I can't do that for copyright reasons. But the playlist that I had for 24 Hours of Freedom consisted of four songs. And those four songs are Tenderness by General Public. If you have seen Clueless. This is one of the first tracks uh, over the credits on Clueless. The other three are Magic by Coldplay, Found My Religion by JMR, and Unthinkable by Alicia Keys featuring Drake. There is a reason why authors do not read their own works on audiobooks because we are not trained to do this. So why am I doing this? I have absolutely no idea why I'm doing this. It's just something I thought about for a while. So here goes. Hey, I'm almost ready to go. Michaela swung her front door open, the heat from outside blasting her in the face. Geez, it's hot out there. Come on in. I just need a few minutes. She invited Owen in, then ran upstairs, barefoot, sweatpants sliding off her left hip. 
She had barely gotten out of the shower before the doorbell rang. So she'd thrown on what's closest. Her around the house clothes consisting of a t-shirt that was a size too small and a pair of sweatpants that were a size too big. She hastily grabbed the waist of the pants and continued upstairs. Just have a seat. I promise I'll be like five minutes. When she got to her bedroom, she threw off the sweatpants and t-shirt and pulled on a cap sleeve blouse, some flat front shorts, and a pair of heels. She adjusted the floral print blouse, checked her hair and makeup, picked up her purse, and bound it back downstairs, ready for a day of showing Owen around town. Okay, sorry about... She stopped short at the foot of the stairs. Owen was still standing in the doorway, staring down at a phone in his hand, even though the screen was black. Michaela, he started. He sighed, but refused to look away from his phone. She walked over to him, but he didn't break his gaze. She was almost sure he was holding his breath. She held his arm and tried to bend so that she could look into his eyes. Owen, what's wrong? He stared at her and she straightened. His gaze was ominous. We can't leave, he said. She chuckled nervously. What are you talking about? A deputy just called. They're coming to get me tomorrow at 9 a.m. and I have to stay where I am until they do. He pulled his arm away from her and walked over to the living room sofa. When he sat, he exhaled like a deflated balloon. She pulled out her cell phone and checked the time, 9.07 a.m. I don't get it. She plopped down beside him. You're out on bond. Why do you have to go back? You didn't do anything. I don't understand it either. It's evidently another charge just filed. They stared at each other for a moment. Well, what are we going to do? I didn't make any reservations anywhere, but still, stuck in the house on a Sunday in the summertime. Owen started scrolling through the contacts on his phone. I have to tell my folks, he said. Well, I guess I have to go to the grocery store. There's nothing in the fridge but some mustard and half a bottle of Gatorade, she said. Still refusing to learn to cook, I see said the man who illegally made gourmet grilled cheese sandwiches on his dorm room hot plate. She stuck her tongue out at him. Who can compete with that? Michaela moved to the door, but Owen stopped her. Wait a minute, he said. He put down his phone and grabbed a scrap of paper and a pen from the coffee table and started writing. Here. He pushed the paper into her hand pulled a crumpled wad of bills from his jeans pocket and stuffed those in her hand too. She glanced at him. He smiled a half smile, then looked away from her and started talking into his phone. She rolled her eyes as she left him and headed to the grocery store. Michaela didn't look at the list Owen had made until she was halfway through the produce section. She scanned the list. Boneless, skinless chicken breast, chickpeas, coriander in the spice aisle, orange juice, and some other items. Does he think I don't know what coriander is? 
and half smirked at his scribbled handwriting and particular choices. Owen had always been a little bit of a chef and a little bit of a smart ass. When he knew what he was good at, he made sure everyone else knew it too. Cooking, golfing, and blowing up stuff in chemistry 101 class. He was a master. She separated the handful of crumpled bills, folded them, and put them back in her pocket. Why am I even doing this, she wondered. We could have just ordered pizza and Chinese food. My mind is not working correctly. She reviewed the list again. If she didn't know him any better, this list sounded like items for a last day of meals. But she knew him, and she knew enough about the legal system to know that this would not be a last day. This was just the beginning. But the beginning of what was the question? She thought about the sheriff's deputies and jail cells and possibly not seeing him again for a long time. And just when we start to to become friends again, this had to happen. Whatever this really was. Owen owned a growing small data management company with a business partner friend and a couple of other friends acting as investors. A few weeks ago, he mentioned casually that he was having some problems with one of the investors. The investor didn't like something about either the way the business's expansion was handled or the way the business was being managed. Owen had been a minimalist with the details. What a loud-ass silent advisor, he'd said. But now the loud advisor had become a bully. Lawsuits against the business and other business partner had been filed. A criminal charge against Owen that was pending in court. And now a second criminal charge. Why did this have to happen now? Michaela wondered. A month ago, before she and Owen had started talking daily, they hadn't spoken in several months. And before that, 14 years. But 14 years ago, they were college best friends, passing notes in calculus, meeting each other in the cafeteria between classes, hanging out in each other's dorm rooms, sometimes until the wee hours of the morning, gossiping and playing video games. She would have never made it through college without him. He would scrutinize her outfits before she went out on dates and tell her what the guys were really thinking when they'd said, I'm just going through some things right now. She would point out girls that were interested in him because he seemed to be so oblivious when a girl noticed him and crank call his exes after they'd broken up. But then came Veronica. Standing in the cereal aisle, she shook her head thinking about her, the girl that broke his heart. He and Veronica had been together almost a year when he proposed to her. I'm ready for this, he told Michaela. She's the one. And as far as Michaela knew, Veronica had been the one. The couple had been inseparable since he'd first met her at some random party they'd gone to. He'd introduced Veronica to her instantly that night, talking really fast about the few things that he knew about her. She was happy for him. He just seemed so excited about this girl. Michaela remembered the day that it all fell apart. It was the spring of their third year in college. Michaela and Owen were standing in Gino's formal wear, the only tailor in town. 
he was being measured for a tuxedo and she was rifling through some sample racks when his phone rang. He had been smiling when he answered the phone, but when he hung up, his brows were furrowed in anger. That slut! He'd shaken off Gino and his measuring tape and stormed out of the shop. Michaela looked after Owen, her mouth slightly agape. She'd quickly apologized to Gino and ran after him. What's the problem? He kicked at the sidewalk ledge in front of the store. He had been wearing a pair of worn-down Converse Chuck Taylor low tops. She remembered because they had each bought a pair the week after they'd met. His were dark green, hers a navy blue. She had never bought another pair of Chuck Taylors after that day at Geno's. She's pregnant, and she says it may not be mine, he'd said. Oh, God, she replied. She hadn't known what to say after that. They stood on the sidewalk looking down at each other's shoes for what seemed like forever. All she could come up with was, maybe it is yours. You don't know anything yet. Yeah, he mumbled. But it hadn't been his baby, and he was devastated. The wedding was postponed while Veronica was pregnant, then canceled after she delivered. Michaela and Owen's friendship was never the same after that. She tried to comfort him, but he wouldn't let her. They stopped passing notes in class. They called before they went to each other's dorms. They graduated college, he went to live his life, and she went to live hers. For almost 14 years, they hadn't spoken. But for some reason, now she had felt the need to reach out to him. It was close to their 15-year class reunion. Maybe she had been feeling overly nostalgic. Maybe she just missed having a friend that knew her when. Why did it feel like we'd broken up then, she wondered. We didn't break up. We weren't even together. She thought she would have to scour social media to find him. But there he was, a simple click away. She had made a friend request. He accepted. He asked her to lunch. She accepted. When they met again for the first time in 14 years, it was like nothing had ever happened. They laughed. They fell into sync. And after a few months, they were almost best friends again, calling each other every other day to gossip and joke about nothing and everything. And then this business drama started. Michaela picked up a package of chicken and sighed. It just seemed to her like he was being made out to be an example, a puppet for this mean investor to play with. I don't really want to talk about it, Owen told Michaela a week ago. I just can't believe this happened. This guy was my friend and my business investor, and he had me arrested. I was in jail for nine hours before I bonded out. What sense does this make? I don't know, she answered. There was a beat of silence. Maybe we can hang out on Sunday. Take your mind off all this. Sure. Over the week, he had told her more bits and pieces of the story, the history of the friendships, and from there, she'd been able to piece together that the investor was trying to keep him quiet about something. Owen wouldn't tell her what. But two things were clear. One was that this sounded less and less business-related and more personal. 
And second, whatever Owen knew, he just knew too much, so he had to go. And this investor guy was trying to do just that. When she returned home from the store, she found Owen lying across the sofa, flipping through television channels. Oh, this is not good, Michaela said, tisking and wagging her finger playfully at him. I'm just waiting on you. Owen tried to smile, but the smile didn't reach his eyes. You're still the slowest grocery shopper in the world. He hopped up and grabbed the bags from her and put them on the counter. It's only 10.14. Silence hung in the air as the recognition of time registered for both of them. There are a couple more bags in the car, she quickly called over her shoulder. She slid into a living room armchair and took off her shoes. She heard him go out to the garage and get the last of the bags from her car's front seat. In the kitchen, there was a little more shuffling and some pot rattling before he said, I need a baking dish. Michaela got up and went to the kitchen. I forgot, you've only been here once. She went on her tiptoes to reach for a dish in the overhead cabinet, which he reached over her and effortlessly took down. And I almost forgot how short you were. (laughs) She hit him in the shoulder and he laughed. Are you making breakfast, lunch, or dinner? She asked. Yes, he answered. What? You can clean. It's the least I can do. Plus, I have yet to dazzle you with my updated cooking skills. I can make more than grilled cheese. The least you can do is dirty up my kitchen? And who says I'm going to be dazzled? Michaela grinned as she took clean dishes out of the dishwasher and put them away. First of all, because it's me. Secondly, because you know I like cooking. Owen tore into a package. She showed him around the kitchen, pointing out whatever he might need and where everything went. Then she left him alone while he cooked. Around 11, they ate and talked. Then they went to the backyard under a cluster of trees and talked at 11.41. Michaela showed Owen her vegetable garden and he called her a garden nerd at 11.52. They sat under the patio umbrella and laughed and talked at noon. When the afternoon sun got too hot, around 1, they went back inside and tried to beat each other at Wee Sports Resort and Just Dance. Just before four, they argued for almost ten minutes before they decided to watch all three Matrix movies just to pass the time. The clock was everywhere, the ticking in the back of their consciousness, the readouts fixed in their visions. I can't believe you've never seen The Matrix. That's just crazy to me. Michaela sat down beside him on the couch and absentmindedly handed him a bowl of popcorn. He looked into the giant but half-full bowl. This is not enough for three movies, he said, matter of fact. Well, you can make some more with your dazzling cooking skills, she smirked. By the end of the third movie, it was a little after 11 at night. They had been sitting, half-watching, half-talking for almost seven hours. Owen was edgy. I don't get it. Why even bother making the last one? It just fell apart. What? Are you kidding? That was a good ending. Um, no, you're mistaken, sweetie. 
That was not good. The big fight scene was too much CGI. They looked like cartoons. I didn't like it. He got up and threw away the dregs of popcorn in the bottom of the bowl. She saw him glance at his watch and she instinctively looked at the clock in the living room. It was 11.09. But she continued to argue about the movie as if neither had noticed the time. It wasn't really supposed to be about a big fight. It was supposed to be philosophical and emotional. It was supposed to be an almost religious experience, Michaela protested. A religious experience, Owen echoed. He was looking at something farther away than the living room. Yes, she sighed, exasperated. They sat in silence for a full minute. You know... You were never that deep, at least not in school. We always did surface stuff like prank people and party. You never really got emotional about anything. Except Veronica. There was another beat of silence. Owen didn't move, but kept staring straight ahead. Michaela turned towards him on the couch, her left leg folded under her. Why don't we ever talk about her? About what happened with her, she whispered. Owen mumbled something. What did you say? I didn't hear you, Michaela answered. She leaned over to look him in the eye, but he turned his head down and away from her. It was your fault, he repeated. What? No, it wasn't. Veronica got pregnant. It wasn't your baby, so you broke up. That's it, right? Owen stared hard at her. He exhaled heavily. That is not all of it. Veronica had a problem with you. Michaela turned away from him, eyes wide, looking straight in front of her, trying to fixate on something, anything. What had he just said? She had been the reason they'd broken up? No, that wasn't it. She had been happy for them. She had wished them well. She hadn't driven Veronica into someone else's bed. In fact, she'd stayed out of their relationship. He was wrong. It was not her fault they'd broken up. No, she was shaking her head. I didn't do anything. She had an issue with our friendship. It was her hang up. I told her to let it go. We were friends. We were always going to be friends. There was nothing else there but she wouldn't let it go. We'd argue about it every now and then, but when I insisted you be in the wedding party, she just blew up at me and left. I didn't know she was gonna go out and cheat on me. I tried calling her and going by her place. I didn't hear from her for two weeks. And then she called me that day at Gino's. But I thought everything was going okay up until then. I mean, what the heck? She slid back into the corner of the sofa opposite him. Well, it was. Sort of. The wedding party thing did it for her. I didn't even know she was that messed up about us until the wedding party thing. We were at my place getting the guest list together and she had you on the list as a guest. I told her, no, she's in the wedding party. She was like, what? Why would she be a bridesmaid? She's not my friend. 
And then we just got into an epic argument after that. She left, but she didn't say the wedding was off. I mean, I had an appointment at Gino's. You can't cancel on Gino. You'll never get back in there if you do. She remembered when he first told her that he and Veronica were engaged. She was shocked, but good shocked. Happy shocked. He had said, and of course you'll be the best man and laugh like a maniac. She remembered looking at him like he had grown an extra appendage. But she understood what he meant. She would be in the wedding party. And she was cool with that. After all, they were best friends. Why didn't you tell me this, she asked. You just, like, faded away. You just stopped being my friend. I mean, 14 years. Owen shook his head. It's just that she said, I can't believe this. It... It can't be right what she said. She said that he stared at her in disbelief. What now? You're not making any sense. She couldn't have been. He shook his head again. Then he leaned in and kissed Michaela lightly on the lips. They stared at each other, neither daring to breathe. Owen What are you, she started, but he leaned in again and pressed his lips firmly on hers, suffocating her protest. His hands cradled her face and she felt herself melting back into the couch just from his touch and his kiss. His lips were soft and a little salty and she felt a little heady and drugged. Rational thought kicked in and she suddenly felt tingly and weird and hot and cold at the same time. She wanted to check her pulse to see if she was okay, but she couldn't will herself to move. He pulled back from her and looked at her with an assessing stare. She could feel her eyes widen as she stared back at him. What was that for? she asked. I don't know, he answered. This is unthinkable, but, but what? But I want to do it again. She sucked in a breath. Do you want me to? Do I? She felt her face get warm with unnecessary guilt and embarrassing longing crept up her spine like a slinky thief in the night ready to take away the innocence of their friendship. Are you really asking me if you can kiss me again? Yes, I am. He hovered over her as she sat in the crook of the sofa, but he didn't touch her. She could feel the scratchiness of his jeans on her leg. Everything in him screamed tension from the top muscles in his forearms to the fire in his eyes. Okay. A silent pause. I think I do. I don't think I'm going to be able to stop if I do. I think I'm okay with that, she said slowly. Wait a minute. What does he mean? He won't stop kissing or he won't stop at just kissing. Why do I feel stupid? Forget stupid. Why do I feel butterflies in my stomach? And then he descended on her and she lost her ability to think straight. 
She closed her eyes and tried to make sense of her feelings. This was Owen, her college best friend. The guy who enlisted her to help pull pranks on teachers. The guy who laughed at her when she dyed her hair an accidental orange. Then stayed up all night helping her to re-dye it to something saner. And now he was pressing his lips against hers. His really soft lips. And all she could think about were those lips and the heat she felt over her face and coursing through her body. Everything had gotten blurry and confusing the second he kissed her. But in a short time, even the blurry and confusing became overpowered by the weight of his hands framing her face and trailing down the sides of her body. Maybe the Owen she used to know was another person than the one with his hands all over her now. Maybe this was a new version of Owen she hadn't seen before. But she couldn't process the old Owen becoming new Owen right now. They were two separate people. She couldn't think about the old Owen when the new Owen was touching her lips with his tongue, gently urging them open. She couldn't think about the old Owen when the new Owen slid his hand under her shirt and held her against him. All she could think about were the thick, ropey muscles in his arms and those soft lips on her neck. So she stopped trying to think about old Owen and focused on new Owen, who was now taking off her floral cap sleeve blouse. The air-conditioned air whooshed over her chest and her breasts went from soft, generous mounds to weighty with stiff, growing peaks. A mischievous look flashed across Owen's face and he glided his palm across the front of the satin and lace bra she wore. She felt mildly embarrassed, heat flooding into her cheeks. To even the odds, she grabbed at the hem of his shirt and clumsily pulled it over his head. Instead of a vulnerable reaction, he took it as an invitation. He started to lean back in on her, and she put her hands on his chest to stop him. Whoa, rock hard, nice. She could get used to it. Should we be doing this? She asked. Yes, he nodded vigorously. Yes, we should. I don't know. I feel I... Her hands were still on his chest. She looked at them curiously. Have you been working out? Owen smirked. I've been to the gym once or twice since college. He slid her hands down his body to his thighs. His jeans were pliable and well-worn, nothing like the strong, solid legs inside them. Oh, you're not playing fair. You're sneaky. She looked down at herself. I, on the other hand, look like I have a muffin top in these shorts. A muffin what? Are you asking me to eat you or something? What? She laughed so hard and she started to cough and hiccup. What? What did I say? He got up and got her a glass of water. She took a sip. Um, no, it's a stomach flab over the waistband situation. I thought everyone knew that. I'm sorry I'm not caught up on your self-deprecating, body-shaming humor. He plopped back down on the sofa beside her. I forgot how much that annoyed me. Hmm. She drank the rest of the water. You gotta admit, this is a little intense. 
I have to go to my familiar places. Self-deprecation is my most familiar place. How about we just do this slowly, okay? He took the glass from her, covered her slightly open mouth with his, and encircled her with his arms, feeling for her bra. Almost instantly, she was back under his spell. Her body was flooded with desire, and he was being new Owen again. Just as he said, nothing happened fast, but every moment was a surprise. The hands that used to push her into the campus pool were now deftly unhooking her bra. He caressed her breasts and tweaked each nipple before taking her bra off, as if he wanted to discover her by touch before seeing her. He kissed his way down her body from her neck down to her navel. Her mind wondered while her body felt. We should have had a drunken night, she thought. Like a long time ago when we were silly partying freshmen. We should have gotten this like out of our systems then. This feels too on purpose right now. This feels, this feels, oh, she gasped. He had undone her shorts and slipped his hand into her underwear. When she felt his fingers graze the inside of her bare thighs, she let a moan escape and turned away from him. He nudged her chin back so she could face him. Look at me, he said. He was kneeling over her on the sofa, one hand braced on the seat of the sofa, the other discovering her most vulnerable area. The feel of his breath on her skin made her ever aware of how close he was and how exposed she was. They were on a road to somewhere from which they couldn't turn back, headed to a place they could no longer avoid. He pressed his thumb against her and she grabbed his bracing arm as a wave of pleasure surged through her, but she didn't close her eyes or look away from him. He slid two fingers into her and growled low in his throat. A small smile lifted the corners of his mouth. Owen, I, she whispered, Michaela, don't, he said through clenched teeth. I want this. I want you, all of you. He sank his fingers deeper into her and cupped his hand around her. She panted heavily. It's not that, she said, trying to catch her breath. It's, well, you know, I do happen to have a bed upstairs. I don't want to go, he said flatly. I don't want you to, she answered. But all this will be over before you know it. Drama's just attracted to you, that's all. Yeah, it's a bitch. They stared at each other sadly. They lay in bed in her bedroom, tangled up in each other and the bed linens, their skin glowing, illuminated by small drops of sweat and shafts of sunlight coming through the blinds. Michaela had been on the verge of going back to sleep, but Owen had been on the verge of something entirely opposite. She shifted away from him to get her nightshirt, but he grabbed her waist and pulled her back to him. Uh Uh-uh, no. It took me 14 years to get you out of clothes. No way are you going back into them. Um, no, it didn't. It took about 15 minutes after our first kiss to get my clothes off. It took you 14 years to kiss me. 
Ugh, why did I just figure this out? Owen lay back and looked up at the ceiling, his hands grabbing his hair in frustration. What actually did you just figure out? You said last night Veronica told you something that couldn't be right. What did she say to you? Michaela asked. It was one night after we, you and I, had been somewhere. I don't even remember where. You know, we went all over that town. You don't know it, but I was supposed to meet her that night. I was a half hour late and she was pissed. We argued for so long that night. Not as long as we argued about the wedding party thing, though. Hmm, we argued a lot. Anyway, Veronica said, Whatever you think you don't feel for her that you think you do feel for me is just a big lie you're telling yourself. If you kiss her, you'll see how you really feel. But if you kiss her, don't come back to me. I told her she was just trying to create some drama and that I would never kiss another woman. And I didn't the whole time we were together. Of course, we broke up anyway. So now you kiss me. Yeah. They both lay silent, looking up at the ceiling. He reached out for her hand and held it. She leaned over him to look at the clock. It's almost 8.30. You've got to get ready to go. She moved to get out of bed, but he pulled her to him and kissed her. You stay here, he said. I'm trying to commit you to memory. You're pretty when you're disheveled in the morning. He got up and showered and dressed to leave, putting his watch, his wallet, and his phone on her nightstand. She didn't move. The doorbell rang and a rapping knock on the door followed. He kissed her one last time and went downstairs. After he left, she quickly got out of bed and threw on her go-to sweatpants and t-shirt and bumbled down the stairs, finger combing her hair and rubbing her eyes. My folks should be here to pick up my car soon. Remember to give them my other stuff. Owen looked at her with a sad smile, then leaned in and pressed his cheek to hers. Thank you he whispered in her ear. She half smiled back. See you later, Owen. She went back upstairs, holding the side of her sweatpants. Though she refused to look back, she was unable to block out the sounds of handcuffs clinking, shuffling, and officers mumbling before they closed the door behind them. So this is my first published short story it's called 24 hours of freedom and i published this in 2017 just a few thoughts here before i close out this reading when i first wrote this i really wanted to just explore a what if idea which is not usually what i do in writing I usually don't just explore a what if idea, but a friend of mine and I had been talking and I just wanted to explore that idea. What if 
you only had 24 hours with somebody before you had to go off to something life-changing and not necessarily positively life-changing. The second thing is that um, I did have a real muse for this and the story is pretty much fiction. So, you know, I could say, but I'm not going to. And lastly, I've gotten at least one review on this about these characters and about how the story is good and these characters, they need more. And this was um, just uh, an exercise in thought for me. And as much as I love Owen and Michaela, they, uh, they're they not in my head right now. They don't really speak to me right now. This is all they wanted to say to me. In the three stories that make up the Owen and Michaela trilogy. And so this is pretty much the the gist of the story. But it also let me know that, yes, I can create characters that people will will actually cling to, that people can actually realistically see themselves in their world or see, you know, these characters actually come to life. And that part of it made me feel good about putting this out into the world. And so this is just a little taste of some beginning writings. I I am actually kind of smiling as I'm talking about this and I am feeling proud about what I did put out there in the world, even for just a test job. So it really lets me know that, yeah, I, I, I do like doing this. I love writing stories. You know, I love when people enjoy the stories that I've written, when people actually are happy with what they read and not putting it down and DNFing it. And so there you go. 24 Hours of Freedom, the audio version, probably the only audio version that will ever exist of this. But, you know, who knows? Never say never. But right now, the only audio version of this by Y.M. Nelson. That's me. Hope you enjoyed it. 24 Hours of Freedom is available for free on most ebook retailers. You can also get the entire trilogy, Owen and Michaela Trilogy, Volumes 1 through 3, by subscribing to my newsletter at ymnelson.com backslash subscribe. So that's it for this episode. Please subscribe to Nerdy Romantics Podcast wherever you get your podcast to be notified anytime a new episode drops. And if you like what you're hearing, please rate and review. The links are in my show notes at ymnelson.com, along with a lot of other links for books and other items that we talked about on our show. And if you really like what you're hearing, click the buy me a coffee button while you're there to support us. Thank you for listening. Star date, not too distant future. 
Brandon is a diehard Trekkie. He's watched every Star Trek franchise episode multiple times. He has several cosplay and collectible uniforms in his closet. Commander Will Riker is his favorite cosplay character, and he's been to dozens of conventions. But he's never met or gotten in a fight with another Trekkie like Phoenix. Phoenix is looking forward to her first Star Trek convention until she meets Brandon. He's nothing like the Riker character she loves to hate. He's combative, socially awkward, and off-putting. But he's so adorable. Phoenix and Brandon keep running into each other, each time more heated than the next. With three days of convention to get through, will they get past the hostility and find what they know is there? Attraction and perhaps love? This is the premise of Stardate, a free e-story for my newsletter subscribers, available on February 1st. If you like Trekkie romance, romantic comedy, or just like to see a little grumpy sunshine trope, this story is for you. Go to ymnelson.com backslash subscribe and get your free copy.